All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to QLS Classic. Uh, my name is Questlove, your host. This particular episode of Questlove Supreme is from 2017. We did this on July 12th. Uh, we got to speak to Angela Rye. I mean, oftentimes we only get to see these micro clips of her uh, social media as a you know talking head for CNN or maybe MSNBC. But, you know, she's a family she's friend of the show and um during this time period of course we were like one year into that administration trying to figure out how to get our way out of it um but a lot of the stuff is timely as far as her entry into uh i guess being a freedom fighter if you will so i hope you enjoy this episode angela rye do a less classic let's go Suprema, Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Angela Rye's playlist. Yeah. Quest Love's playlist. Yeah. Bitch, I'm broke. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Is Fonte. Yeah. I get the props. Yeah. Angela's from Seattle. Yeah. I like mix a lot. My name is Sugar. Yeah. I don't get raucous. Yeah. Now may I please yeah. join your black caucus. Suprema roll call. I'm unpaid bill. Yeah. And how you doing? Yeah. Can't stand it no more. Yeah. Collusion. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Boss Bill's not 
not ready yeah. for this roll call. <laughs> yeah. So I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah. That's best for all. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Oh, yeah, it's time. Yeah. For Angela Rye. Yeah. Some try to fight it. Yeah. But she won't be denied. Roll call. Yeah, what? Suprema. Bells is better. My name's A Rye. Yeah. And I got bars. Yeah. Oh man, I messed up. Yeah. <laughs> I see Suprema. Oh, 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 Suprema saves you, Suprema. Twice already saved you, Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Ladies caucus. And, yeah. <laughs> as soon as I heard raucous, I knew what was coming next. No. Really? Caucus. Really? You rhyming genius? Steve Wynn. Steve Wynn. crazier, I didn't know you were going the mix a lot way. <laughs> so you sound like a little bit of B-Real. And, wait, you remember, rock kind of, uh, you remember when Big Daddy Kane's uh, dancer uh, had B-Real itis? On, on, uh, on, uh, hey, hey, hey. on Soul Brew? <laughs> Oh, Scoop Lover. Scoop Lover, yeah. I thought you had Scoop Lover itis. Nah, that was my mix a lot uh, impersonation. All right, it was well done. It It was good. It was well done for Seattle. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode. I'm sorry, a very special What's Going Down episode (laughs) of That's My Mama. Of That's My Mama. Of Quest Love Supreme. Uh, welcome, uh, Supreme guys. How are you? Yeah. How are you doing? Thanks. Hey, yeah. We ain't on the outfield or, you know, on the court. Uh, we just, hey, Supreme. No, no sports yeah, metaphors. We, no sports it's, metaphors. It's, we running out of it's, sports. It's, I feel like this is going to be a, a, a not a tense episode, but a serious episode. Oh. Mm. Imagine Angela, that. real. Let me just real take tense. all the, the fun out the room right Damn. now. Damn. We got some fun. We got yeah, we have fun. We're she fun. got bars. These revolutionaries got to have, have fun. I don't have bars anymore. I didn't even get to do a second You want to do it right now? You no. Want, okay. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> rule number one. Redo. If you mess up, you that's mess it. up. That's you it. Just, yeah. that's Welcome it. to my world. <laughs> anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, in our, in our special What's Going Down episode of, damn, I forgot the name of my show. What's happening? Yeah, Quest Love Supreme. <laughs> See, yes. You messed up. You got a second. I track. love this woman so much that I forgot the name of my own damn show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, for me, for the times that we live in, um, we've been spending a lot of this time nerding out with our favorite music acts, and you know, uh, learning about music and and art. Um, we rarely do anything leaning towards politics, um, but I guess we'd be remiss if we weren't at least going to have one general discussion about what's going down uh, in the times we live in. And I can't think of anyone better uh, to sort of tour guide us through this uh, alternative reality we're in right now than our next guest, uh, lawyer. Uh, exactly in, in in the role of the of Black Caucus, are you the board member, the the so I um, serve on two of the um, affiliate organization boards. So there's the CBC PAC. That's a political action committee. I'm on that board. And I'm also on the CBC um, Institute board. And I was the CBC executive director and general counsel. But I hung up my jersey. Sports metaphor for you. <laughs> so it's, the and, and I'm great with sports. Yeah. Because Bill's going to call me out on that. Yo, on some elementary school wait, stuff, wait, 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 w
Now, what was you saying? Like, no, I was just gonna say, can you break down what the Black Caucus does? Because there are people who really don't know. Sure, they're often they don't know, especially those that say, "Where's the Congressional White Caucus?" As if the rest of the 435 members aren't white. I digress. So, <laughs> um, the Congressional Black Caucus is an entity that was um, founded in 1971 by uh, then I think it was 12 members uh, that were black um, in the House of Representatives, and they established the organization so that there could be a space where black people's issues were heard. They're known as the conscience of the Congress, and now they are almost 250 members. Um, and, of course, there are two uh, senators in the United States Senate who also serve as members of the Congressional Black Caucus. There are three black senators, but one opted not to join. Tim mm. Scott. How about Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Write it down. <laughs> so can I assume that most of the members of the CBC are Democrat? Yes. Um, there is one current uh, member of the CBC who's Republican. Her name is Mia Love. She is from Utah. M- my aunt. Wow. That's not your aunt. Well, her last name was Love, so I just oh, assume okay. that all loves are, <laughs> are related. Um, my dad normally says maybe the same plantation. That's what he says to that. Just to be honest with you, that's what he says. The same plantation. Yeah. Has she attended meetings or? Yeah, she um, has been active on some issues. She it, definitely divergent on others, um, but she's been active on some issues. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, not why, because I appreciate your your grassroots involvement and you using elbow grease and getting down and dirty. But why would you choose this this particular field? I mean, you went to law school. You could, you know, mm-hmm. you could have just been... done some other stuff. Yeah, I mean, what <laughs> what truly made you was it following the family business, or I mean, in your father's footsteps as far as the community? Like, what most lawyers I know are thinking in terms of oh, success and run my own law firm, being sure. a partner, and that sort of thing. So, should what, we know who her father is? Um, his name is Eddie Rye Jr. Um, he's an activist in Seattle, but, um, it's actually a really interesting story. What I'll tell you is, um, there were two other paths that I, um, thought I would choose before I chose politics. Um, I grew up in a house with a dad who's an activist and I thought he was always on the opposite side of elected politics. So I hated it growing up because I couldn't understand why they didn't understand why, you know, why he was pressing, pressing for, you know, um, or a part of a part anti-apartheid movements, or you know, getting involved with ensuring that subcontractors and contractors of color had an equal share of the pie. I didn't understand why that was even an issue, right? Um, and so, growing up with him, I hated politics because they were never on his side. Um, and it wasn't until I was in my last year, uh, my fall semester of law school, I wanted to do an internship um, in Los Angeles and. Um, Maxine Waters was someone I respected a lot. And so I was like, well, if I can learn from her, you know, maybe this will be good, but I'm going to go so that I could be a trial attorney like Johnny Cochran. I just want to get an offer at the Cochran firm. Um, And before that, I wanted to be a sports entertainment lawyer, but I'll save that story for another day. It's really interesting how that happened or didn't happen. Um, But in my, I did my internship and like fell in love with the bridge between activism and politics. And there's no better bridge for that than Maxine Waters. Um, I started calling her the nation's congresswoman then. That was in 2000, 
2004, 2005, and just loved working with her, loved how she made everything work together for us, um, regardless of if we lived in her district or not. And um, I did get an offer from the Cochran firm, like had a mentor, Sean Chapman Holly, shout out to Sean Chapman Holly, who's still a good friend, um, had an offer with the firm, and then he died. Damn. And I was like, oh, Lord, maybe this wasn't the path. So at my, the National Black Law Students Association. What, what year did he die? What year 2005. Okay. Um, at the convention, I was getting ready to introduce Congresswoman Waters, who came to our convention. I was like, what am I going to do now? Johnny Cochran died. And she's like, I told you to go to the Hill. So I was like, well, maybe I'll think about that now. Um, and that's really the short version of how that happened. Um, but she's never been wrong. And I'm so happy to see millennials woke about her now. But she's been doing this. The nation's congresswoman, Queen Maxine, has been doing this. So it's cool to see. You had her back, too. Uh, now, it all makes sense now, too, why you had her back even more when that whole stupid Bill O'Reilly Well, I, would, I think I would have had any Regard, sisters yeah. back going through that. That was stupid. She's on the floor of the United States House of Representatives talking about what patriotism in the era of Trump really means. Like, it's not, you know, pledging blind allegiance to some um, concept. It's about standing up for what we know to be truthful and righteous. And for her to be talking about that, and he's talking about a damn James Brown wig, it took me, sent me to a place. I just, yeah, it's dismissive. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah to, among other things. Oh, uh, yeah, yes. a lot of shit, but mm-hmm. yeah, dismissive. That was the kind <laughs> way of yes, saying Yes, that was very yeah. kind of me. <laughs> so, uh, do you, I mean, obviously, I know it gets overwhelming, but um, just watching you in action, of course, like in the age of social media, um, a lot of people are familiar um, with you as far as your, your clips on the uh, internet, usually going at people, well, and and rightfully so, uh, whenever facts are... are, are sprouted out and that's the thing like when i when i watch you go against two three four people at a time it it is i mean it's baffling to me i don't know if it's the equivalent of someone asking well you know how do you can how do you coordinate your kick drum and your hi-hat foot and your left hand and your right hand and talk to people you know how are you not exhausted i didn't say that's i wasn't exhausted <laughs> <laughs> i did not say that yeah, um but i mean have mm-hmm. i mean it, as I re- the the era that we live in now, which is, of course, I guess the alternative facts era in which things are said with such a straight face. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, in general, a lot of us have been programmed to believe that if any information comes from someone uh, wearing a suit mm-hmm. uh, and spoken in the king's English, then why should they lie to me? Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Why would they want to lie to me? And usually, you know, a lot of benefits of doubts are given. Yeah. Uh, and we're seeing straight up false information. How, I mean, to me, it's like the equivalent of you playing a tennis match to with five people on the other side. Five, yeah. yeah. I mean, how do you, I mean, just in this era, especially when you agreed to do uh, pundit remarks on, on shows, how do you grasp your information? Because you have to know what they stand for and how they come. Like, do you, does someone train you? Is it? it- no, um, I've never had media training. Um, but I will say that um, I did get Crossfire training. Um, I don't know if you all remember Crossfire, like the CNN show back in the day when it was all the old white dudes at the table. Um, just growing up with my dad. Now, he doesn't lie. 
but we don't always agree on the means to an end goal. So growing up, like just debating him or, you know, talking to my friends or debating race issues. Like I went to a majority white high school, you know, started a black student union. And so you get used to having to explain to people your perspective because it's not the majority view. So whether or not this is this may be um, (laughs) an alternate universe, but it's still not the the majority view on the panel. So it's just debating. The problem I have, and I think when people see me get really upset, is when um, I remember the responsibility that we have to give people factual information. I think the frustration that I have, if, if nothing else right now, is being able to speak to people um, in their homes on their TV screens is an awesome privilege. And we have an obligation to give them information they can rely upon. And so I'll normally lose it, especially on, like, black networks. Like, on TV One, if I'm on Rolling Show and somebody's lying, I flip out. Like, I, there's been, yeah, you know, jiff this. or gif, depending on how you say it, jiffable moments just from that. Like, please don't come here and lie to our folks. Um, not that folks should be lied to on CNN either, but I just think that there's a different type of responsibility. And even with CNN, I think... Um, it is really hard because I I remember um, one of the debates during the general election. Um, the debate commission decided that the moderator did not have an obligation to fact check the candidates. And I lost it. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, that's your only responsibility besides asking the questions. Like, you of had course, one that's, job. You got, or two. <laughs> right. You know, one A and one B. Like, yeah, all right. in one. But you have some, what do you mean? Like, of course you have to make sure that they're being, like, what are you debating then? If, if facts become a debatable point and not just the perspectives on those facts, that is a new challenge. And so I do, I find it immensely frustrating um, because I don't understand how someone could be deemed credible at all if they're not relying on the same principle of truth. You know, it's just, it's maddening. It really, it really, really is. And so to me, I just think that the energy I take into those spaces is if you're not going to be told the truth from anyone else, you're going to hear it from me. And if I'm ever, if I ever misspeak on something, if a stat is wrong, you know, if I said a word wrong, I'll fact check it later on Twitter. But I'm not going to lie to people intentionally deceiving them. Like, that is just wrong. Um, and that's just kind of where I draw the line. Now, uh, as of this particular taping, mm-hmm. um, right now the the healthcare mm-hmm. um, situation uh, is in the hands of the Senate. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing a lot of them. Uh, I guess at one point on Twitter, there were at least three or four of them uh, that tweeted out or gave interviews sort of to the tune of, you know, you're saying that, you know, that 22 million people might lose their insurance or this several hundred thousand might die if this law goes. And, you know, that was that was not a good conversation point to sway them the other way. Mm -hmm. But. I mean, what is for for those because I have a lot of of friends who are so overwhelmed with what's going on that now my friends are at the point where they're just so uh, not even past the point of indifference, but just so overwhelmed that they don't watch the news at all. Mm -hmm. And these are the ones who are generally on my side of the fence. I don't know. I, I can't sleep at night unless I at least watch mm-hmm. an hour or two of at least Rachel's show or someone that I know that's going to give me straight up facts. 
Um, but how do you, how do we reignite uh, people or a community of people that just feel like it's, it's no it's, use? <laughs> yeah, no use. I started. I, God, have you guys heard of a Handmaid, uh, Handmaid's Tale? I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, have you watched good. it? I haven't watched it, but I, I know what you're talking dog. About. It's yeah. I, I mean, heard it's the future. Really sad. Like like if you it. yeah, if you think that like House of Cards or you know whatever's being depicted now in mm-hmm. television as don't Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Like, okay, I check. I almost that. feels like this is that's where it's going to go to. Okay, I check that. I haven't even watched. I gave up on House of Cards. Like I just because it was we live in House of Cards. Like, right? Just, yeah, I don't. I don't know how they did that. Yeah, I lightweight blame House of Cards. Actually, why? Because really? of the Russia part, just, right? All the, of it. Oh, you're not even being ironic. No, you're just, no. <laughs> like, does that look is ironic that, to you? <laughs> I, I need to find somebody to blame because this makes no sense. Besides, yeah. besides old Vlad, like I just I gotta I don't know something Yo, happened on the hills of what Amir said. And on that note, how do you prioritize the issues that you should be most caring about? Because yes, healthcare is the issue right now, but there are numerous issues that you know our president right now and his Congress are about to fuck up life with. Yeah. So how do you do that, Angela? Like how do you prioritize? In so that way? first, that's y'all's president. Um, that's I'm still not, not claiming no. that's not okay. mine. So, um, no. So I think that that's a really, really good question. And what I appreciate about it is I get so frustrated with um, whether they're elected officials or sitting members of Congress right now who, who will say, well, we don't need to be talking about Russia because what people really want to know about is their health care. What people really want to know about is, you know, where their next job is going to come all from, the economy. I want to know about but, all of that. But here's the, that's right. And if so if we're honest, every single day, all of us are responsible for balancing something. Amir, we were talking about your time earlier. Like we're responsible for balancing some things. Mm-hmm. We are people who can walk and chew gum at the same time and be okay so it's actually okay for us to try to get to the bottom of what happened with russia and how they ended up in several you know polls <laughs> you know precincts messing with stuff you know that's important for us to understand because over time if if countries if entities can continue to uh interrupt and disrupt our democracy, the ways in which we engage in the electoral process, people are going to become disillusioned with that. That is very, very, very dangerous. It's that no means, longer democracy at that point. That's exactly right. That means a select few are picking your your leaders. And what happens is this health care bill, to bring this back full circle, which is, you know, very toxic. It is, a, you the know. purge. That's what the fuck it is. It's, 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 ta- it's a tax <laughs> cut purge. for billionaires. You know, it is a way of one of the uh, Senate compromises that came uh, about yesterday was, okay, well, we'll just uh, we'll uh, reinstitute the, the mandatory um, health care. You have to sign up man- mandatorily. But what we're going to do is if there's a lapse in your health care, yes. then there's going to be a six month window for you to get health care again. What happens if something happens to you in that six in those six months and you can't afford to pay for health care out of pocket? That's not a compromise. And if it's a compromise, who is it on the backs of? And those are folks who normally look like us. If they're underserved in marginalized communities, black and brown communities, we have to pay attention. And if so, if there's nothing else that I hope comes out of this treacherous, dangerous, awful time, it is that I hope we realize that these people are working for us. And I use this analogy um, on a panel the other day. There's not a single one of us who, if we are employing people, 
just are like, okay, we're going to pay you. You go and do whatever and never check in. There's a team call. There's a team meeting. There's an agenda. There's an account, some type of metrics for accountability where they have to check in with us. We pay these people. They owe us answers. They owe us to do the right thing. They think we, it's town halls. You, and, and town halls aren't even <laughs> they enough. They got to show up to those. <laughs> and, and people are starting to show up to town halls, but even that's not enough. We need to be checking them on what they're doing. What they're doing impacts us more in some instances than the employees that we were, that we that we have. So can I ask you, um, and I know as a lawyer uh, that you're not supposed to speculate, uh, but with the Russia issue, mm-hmm. Break it down to me like I'm a six-year-old. Six <laughs> Wait, why don't we go to six? It was a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> At first I was like eight, six, eight, six. All right, <laughs> let me go with six. six. Just say collusion a lot. What is your belief? And you're you're connected to a lot of those, a lot of people in politics that we're not getting. What is your belief on what happened? Now, what I'm thinking the narrative is, especially in light of uh, Trump even slightly admitting that there was, I, I was shocked that he even admitted a, about collusion or, you know, Russia's involvement, because before it was just straight up denial, like, we don't know if they're doing, China could be doing it, not us, but what is... I believe that he was trying to position himself in terms of if it did happen, I know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. What is your belief? Because now I'm even hearing theories of like, well, Russia paid off a lot of members in Senate. Jared a lot of members the devil. In, in, in <laughs> Congress. No. How far does this stretch? So, um, McConnell, I, I don't. Like, I don't want to speculate, but here's what I would. Here's okay. what I would do. Um, How safe can you go to the deep waters? To explain to us what oh, you I, think. I can go safe because I have a, a security clearance, but it's not active since I left the Homeland Security Committee. So I'm good. I'm not relying on any actionable intelligence. <laughs> okay. Russia, okay? Because um, they're gonna be trying to hack somebody. Really, in real life, they they hacked into my Amtrak thing. But I will talk about that another time. No, Those we are, need to talk about that at some point in here. Really? Because I want to know how. Like a Proton Mail account. I was like, what email? I have a Proton Pro- Mail, but that's not mine. Yeah, it's crazy. We'll talk That's about that. That's why we got time. you a car home. <laughs> All right. Seriously. No Amtrak for you, Angela Ryan. We got cars. It's like, cha-ching. Anyway, so here's what I would ask. Um, I think that it's very important that, of course, there is this special prosecutor that was appointed, um, but there also should be ongoing investigations on the, ho- on the part of the House and the Senate. Those are happening. Why isn't there a special independent commission stood up to look into this? If we know that potentially members are compromised or potentially they can be blinded by their own political beliefs, why not stand up an independent commission to get to the bottom of the following? One, um, why would Donald Trump not release his tax returns even during the campaign? I think that if we're going to have a transparent government, it needs to start from the very beginning. So from the outset, right? Problems began to percolate during the campaign. So release the tax returns, really look into them to see if there's any debts owed to Russia or any other foreign entities, for that matter, that may have close ties to Russia. I think the second thing to um, understand is who are all the players 
both from the Trump campaign and the Trump transition team, who had any active involvement with Russian officials, Russian allies, Russian businessmen, going from Paul Manafort to Mike Pence. The reason why Mike Pence recently had to lawyer up is because he oversaw the entire transition team. For those of you that don't know what a transition team is, that is literally the body that is created to transition from one presidential administration to another. So right after the campaign, they stand that up. I think the third thing is understanding whether or not there were any past dealings with Russia from a business standpoint or a personal standpoint. There were a couple of things that Donald Trump did on the campaign trail that should cause alarm. One, he encouraged them to hack into Hillary Clinton's uh, emails that nobody could find at a press conference. So it's not like this is secret. Um, And I can't remember the second thing because it's been that kind of day. Um, it could be anything. It's been that kind of year. <laughs> like, what else did he do? If only pussy. Oh, I know. I know. I know what else. There, there was um, another point, and actually, this wasn't during the campaign, but there was another point where he talked about. No, he actually did this on the debate stage as well. He talked about he would probably get along very well with Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's the sending some type of signal, and I don't know what that signaling was, but I think shortly thereafter, right there was this, you know, from FBI Director Comey. There's a new investigation happening into Hillary Clinton's emails. That's two weeks before the election. Why did FBI Director Comey feel like he needed to do that if he originally thought that the actions taken by Loretta Lynch were a bridge too far just by sitting on the tarmac with Bill Clinton? So there are all of these questions that are very fuzzy, but yeah. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. 
I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. My my guess is maybe he was being blackmailed or... Maybe. And I don't want to... That's why I'm saying I'm going to tell you what the questions right. are. But do y'all know that today... I'm sorry, I watched the news today. They said that his approval rating in Russia is like 44% he, and, and Russia and I forget the other country, but it's both... Not our friends. But That's I just thought that was ridiculous. That's your approval rating here among us. <laughs> oh, no. You know what, Steve? That's terrible. Wow. I got what I deserved. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the, the fuzzy mic. I'll say it for you, Laia. Thank you. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I come with it. So make believe. But, <laughs> but no, I, I just think that there are a number of questions. And I think that what we could urge the listeners, um, the American people to do is until those baseline questions are answered. Like, you just have to keep pressing to ensure that we get to the bottom of those truths. They're just too important. And and the answers could be tremendously detrimental to the democracy. If we know there was interference in the election, what motivated that interference? Why would Russia choose to interfere in this particular election when we know from uh, from uh, from intelligence that I think has now been shared that Russia did not like Hillary Clinton? Right. So it, I just right. I think there are so many problems with this. It's it truly is a movie. Like as soon as and he's the, done, yo. hopefully in one more year, because he'll get impeached. That's my prayer. They but do we even want movie. that? But yes. because if he gets impeached, then we get Pence. If no, you, you don't, don't get Pence. We you get don't, Paul you Ryan. You don't get Mike then, Pence. I don't okay. think because he lawyered up because whatever was happening with Mike Flynn, he had to know about it at the transition team. So then we have Paul Ryan, who I still prefer because okay. he's ha- he he can spell right on a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, just, true. And I and I don't like. Paul Ryan, but what I will tell you as someone who came from the Hill at a time when Republicans and Democrats could at least talk to each other and find some type of common ground, find some way to negotiate, I would prefer someone who's got some type of sense. Jesus but Christ. What has to it happen? It is so bad that yes. even Paul Ryan no, is. No, let me tell you how bad it is. I want to take a selfie with George W. Bush. That's how Yo, bad it yeah, is. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, you, like, you wasn't that bad. Watching, <laughs> watching him at the Super Bowl, like, oh. Like, but you know what? There's something to that, too, because if we think about what happened in 2000 with that Florida recount, it all really started there. You cannot continue to rob Ooh. people of their yes. electoral power. You can't continue to say one person, one vote. And there's this electoral college system that, frankly, is rooted in slavery and think that over time people are going to be fine with that. We also, on the other hand, can't be lulled to sleep by that. Like if a system doesn't work for us and it is a democracy. We need to change it. But which call do you make? It's like you need to change that. No, it's not just which. There are several. All of them. Yeah, that's what happens when you build a nation on racism and oppression. Nothing is working. So what are effective, especially in terms of how easy it is to hack right now? By the way, what happened to Anonymous? 
right? I heard anonymous. I, I, I Are they alive? Them. Like I, I almost know. feel as though what was anonymous? Anonymous was like they were like a group of hackers, <laughs> hackers that, um, that were kind of on our side. They were, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they were like the Occupy Wall Street of, of hackers. Oh, uh, okay. Like, but I heard they got infiltrated by the feds though. Like the robot. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> or maybe Vladimir took <laughs> like, them. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say. Um, but what would in 2017? What are effective voting options if no electoral college? You mean if we don't have it? Well, uh, what would the idea scenario of voting be for the times we live in now? Popular vote. Um, yeah. So no, I, I think popular vote would be ideal, but I think there's a, a middle road. And that would be um, proportional representation in the Electoral College. It shouldn't be winner take all. That's not a one person, one vote strategy. And there's an, uh, a nonprofit that's been pushing legislation through state legislatures. You know that you all know that's one of the ways that you can change the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, and the legislation is just is very simple. It's just I did not know that. I'm not going to lie because somebody out there is listening. They're like, I don't know. No, I did not know that. OK, that's good. Look up more information on the Internet. Okay. But basically, <laughs> the um, there's, oh, no, oh, not, oh. not for you. Wait I'm a minute. Google. I'm sorry. I'm just saying I'm not on no, time just, to get into all that. Right. I wasn't even, I'll tell you when it's I'm been shooting. A long That's day. not true. No, any, a couple big words. Listen, it's like, wait, okay. Any any information that you think might be a little too lengthy, whatever, just say it. Okay. Trust we, me. We got time. Um. So, no, I just think. Light is down to 42% approval. <laughs> That's not true. She was doing it for the people. She did it for the culture. I did. Thank no, you. but I think that um, what they've done is, is very good because they're pushing these measures through state legislatures that say proportional representation is how we should be utilizing the Electoral College. It shouldn't be that if you won this state by 51%, you get all of oh, the Electoral College delegate. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Can I ask a question? How does he actually get impeached? I feel like how much crazy shit has to go on over the next year, you would hope, for him actually to get impeached. Can I just to... say that if this was Barack Obama, he would have been impeached It would have been over. A hundred percent. I agree with Barack Obama. He wouldn't have made it to the goddamn ticket. Yo, when you, were, when you said, when you were arguing with that dude that you didn't refuse to talk to about being a bigot or whatever, yeah, you were like, Walsh. yo, if, if o- you were like, if Obama had five baby mamas and Obama had did um, grab chicks coochies, white chicks coochies, like this would never, ever, that's just that. That's just the just I'm rude so shit. I'm so irritated. Okay. I'm sorry, but how did he get impeached? Yes, we, I'm sorry. You're right. Fine. But how does Trump what get will it take? I don't know. I almost feel that's like someone will have know. to lose their life. Right. But I don't even, even know that then, that's enough. Even then, you know, that's, And he told us the that. He said he could surface. shoot somebody on. Yeah, that right. sure did. The P video. Yeah, the P video's got to surface. I don't think that would work. I don't think that would work. Like Kelly? Okay, so can I ask you? It's some dude from Podunk that would be like, well, I wish she would have peed on me. (laughs) True. True. Shots fired. That was Those were shots and shade at the same damn time. What is the the process of impeachment? Like, do you know if you can't just break it down? Yeah, that's so. That's not a, a breakdownable thing, but I'll try. To, right. <laughs> I'll, I'll try. Yes. I think. I think one of the one of the things that's immediately before us is what's happening with the special prosecutor. So, if the president were to be fine to have, to have, uh, to have broken the law, that's something that's impeachable. We still need the Congress to act on that, and I think the challenge for us is, in normal times. Um, Republicans and Democrats could lay party aside to do the right thing. Um, I, so is Congress I just turning a blind eye because they, turn they don't want the stain on the bad on they them? Yeah, they don't want the stain of, uh, it's going to make Republicans look bad and we'll, we'll never be trusted yeah. again. There's a good example of that. Paul Ryan said the other day, well, you know, he's new. 
Yeah, yes, right. I saw did. that. Yeah. Yes, like, what are you talking about, Willis? Like, this dude is it? Anyway, so the point is that um, there are several things that could be deemed impeachable offenses, and if he were to be have found to be found to um, have obstructed justice okay. with FBI Director Comey or if something else surfaces, that's an impeachable offense. I think Democrats would begin to really hunker down on calling for the, his impeachment, and, and Republicans would have to make a game time decision. Um, about doing the right thing, and I, and right now that's been tough. Gotcha. Um, like even for example, John McCain, who's normally deemed a maverick, decided to take on Kamala Harris in the middle of her questions uh, instead of Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, what the so fuck was that? <laughs> White that, male that privilege. Drove, yeah, I know, and thank you. Uh, but like, it, it, <laughs> I, I get <laughs> that was just that was not just white. That was. That was no. racist sex. It was all the is yeah. in a row. Yeah. Like, however you can do that. That was in what one Donald sentence. Trump is in essence, though, isn't he? Yeah. Sure. Every day on Twitter, talking about Barack Obama colluding with the Russians instead of the facts. With perfect grammar. One that thing- time when he said unprecedented, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Not yeah. precedented. Unprecedented. unprecedented. It's like reading Mary J. Blige's Twitter. <laughs> Don't ever misunderstand. That's the name. <laughs> My intelligence. It was a Mary J. Blige that was quote a good from Mary back in the Can we not throw Mary under the no, bus? No, I love Mary. No, I love no, no. Because Kendu did her wrong on these yeah. tweets the other day. Talk about it. Yo, Ooh, you see Kendu clap back the other day, though. Kendu. Oh, I no, saw that. No, that's what I'm talking about. Kendu went Kendu. Was, was that new or old? That was that's new. That's new. That's BET new. He, BET. he was like, tweeting during the BET Awards. Oh. Trying to steal her jewelry. He, re- he, re- he, uh, he went under her Instagram. <laughs> he, oh, he's like, yeah. I think I've been blocked. Well, because I praised the album. Ah, well, yeah. And that yeah, album's I, dope, though. I mean, shit. You know, but yeah, he was like, yeah, I don't know why you chose why to go public. This? Why are you doing this? Why are you this? doing it? We should talk. Boy, good night. You missing the fame, boo. You missing it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Man. No, he wants that bigger alimony check. Anyway, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so, informed so about all I, this. I love that. So, uh, well, that leads to another question is, uh, I heard that perhaps... Uh, a movement or a migration to red states or red territories might be in order, mm. but will that really? For instance, what happened in Georgia mm-hmm. uh, with the with That's a the, good question? Is that will that be an effective solution? Like, will more Democrats move into some red of states? us have to? Yeah, okay. move to. I'm not red. going back to Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, here's the thing. Um, what frustrates me is it doesn't even require mass migration. Like, we have enough people. Um, there are over 500,000 unregistered black folks in Georgia. Unregistered voters. Bro? Yeah. We could change an election with 500,000 unregistered voters. Why I do th- you think that is? I think that people f- feel like, rightfully so, that over time, democracy for everyone else has not been democracy for us. That, like we just talked about, a system of racism and oppression doesn't serve them. A police department that shoots and kills rather than protects and serves. There's so many reasons why people don't feel like the system has worked for them. Nevertheless, it's the system we have. That's what we got. You know, and until we work to perfect it, it's going to be the same broken mess. And so we're in, I think, a very dangerous cycle where we say, well, it has hasn't worked for us, so I'm not going to go work for it. But it's never going to work for us unless we work for it. We have to fix it. And and some of that change comes internally. Like, you know, people are always like, oh, you should run for office, you know. But I'm like, that's not my calling. I'm happy to help other people figure out how to be equipped to run and all of that. But people also have to lean into that idea. Um, and so often we don't. 
And don't aren't you involved and with a couple of PACs that are raising young African American like politicians? One and of whatnot? my favorite yeah. um, PACs right now is Collective PAC, um, founded by two friends, um, Stephanie Brown James and Quentin James, and they're doing marvelous work. They just had their first training of um, African American young folks who want to run for office at Howard University last week, doing great work. Doing great work. And so, yes, I thought those are some of the ways that we can give back with our time, our talent, and our treasure. Another church analogy. For Break y'all. down uh, exactly what a PAC is and what it does. Sure. A uh, political action committee is an entity that is charged with raising money. Okay. Um, and it's not tied to any specific campaign per se. There are some entities that are, you know, direct to candidate or their leadership PACs. Um, but a, a, a PAC is an entity that you stand up to raise money to help train people up to endorse candidates. Um, but what's it really used for? What do you mean? Yeah. Well, not what. Um, that's what it's supposed to be. But how is it being? I wanted people to know how it's being abused. Oh, how it's been oh okay. Um, well, in some instances, uh, there are a number of packs that are stood up, especially super packs that are just used to kind of farm out ads. Um, advertisements, political ads. Coke are, brothers. A lot of people cite the Coke brothers and their impacts and stuff. And um, it's, well, and even if it's not affiliated with the Cokes, um, there are entities on the Democratic side of the aisle that use, um, <laughs> frankly, just to be competitive. This Georgia race cost fifty million dollars. You know, and a lot of times, but are there power brokers in Democrats? Because getting... besides Bill, Bill. Mar, mm-hmm. dare I say it? <laughs> he gives this obligatory two million a year, and Spielberg and and uh, Harvey Hollywood, Harvey uh, Weinstein Weinstein does his little five million. Like, where are our Cook brothers? You know, who's um, the most I powerful? Think George Democrat? Soros is one. Um, what's the other guy's name that's involved in kind of green energy? Um, I can't think of his name right now. But there are some, there are some. And I, I didn't know that. I yeah. thought all. Everyone looked like Smithers and Mr. Burns on. (laughs) They're definitely more on the Republican side of the aisle. But the other problem that we have is that too often money spent in races or even with political action committees are used on vendors. And they're vendors who don't know how to reach. We talked about that 500,000 cohort in Georgia. If you're hiring all white vendors, all white male vendors who all work together on the same campaign, you're not reaching a new audience. You're reaching the same people. That's why you can't win. When you look at the candidate recruitment strategy, whether it's at the DCCC, which is the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, there's a Senate version of that. You know, there's the the Democratic Governors Association. You're not looking at uh, black and brown and Asian candidates who can run not just in congressional districts, but also statewide. I have a good friend of mine who's running for um, governor in Florida, Andrew Gillum, who is the mayor of Tallahassee right now. On the leaked a- email from um, Hillary Clinton's campaign was on the on the short list for a potential VP pick. Um, it's being slept on right now by DGA and others, you know. And this is a young black guy that's doing things completely different. Does he have a chance? I mean, Florida. He does have a chance. He raised a million dollars in the first three months of his campaign. God, okay. Absolutely. Say his name again so everybody can. Andrew Gillum. Thank you. Okay. Andrew Gillum. So, okay. So that leads me to the question of how do you reach people? Mm-hmm. Now, I'll say that a lot of my a lot of my political involvement uh came at sort of like the tail end of, of two thousand seven, back when there was a, a, a glimmer of hope that, oh God, okay, this this could really happen yeah. for us. Um and of course, you know, Obama also benefited from really using the internet to his advantage and, and reaching people. Um 
so now as we stand 10 years later um i get a lot of panic emails from nancy pelosi and you know like just the the usual characters yeah. and you know a lot of times it's just like ah i feel guilty for marking this as spam because I, I do <laughs> nevertheless you know but you see you see the the subject line is nancy pelosi we need you no that that was like 2013 that was just like, like nigga i'm Nigga, I'm cooking up the coke as fast as I can. <laughs> one, wait, one, one Pelosi email got me good. And I was just like, all right, I'll t- let me get my credit. And I did it again. And already it was like, well, you're already a monthly contributor. Like, I didn't realize, like, Jesus Christ, I'm already a monthly. Right, right, right. right. Oh, you got to direct like the withdrawal. What if, what if, they, what if they weren't even, what if you weren't monthly and they just told you that? That would be funny. I know, <laughs> but still. <laughs> Well, yeah. that also leads to <laughs> it's uh, this might be blasphemous. Mm-hmm. Say it. Do you feel that we might need a change in leadership? Ooh. Yes. Yeah. So here's what I will tell How you. How is she as a, a leader? Um, she's been very effective. The reason why Nancy Pelosi is still uh, the Democratic leader is because she knows how to raise money better than anybody else. And that's a money raising job. Maybe it shouldn't be, but that's what it is right now. Mm. Um, what I'll tell you is um, there are several things that we need, and that is not the top of where I would start. Right. Um, just for an, an, an example, um, the DNC just had kind of a massive overhaul after the campaign. We right. know that Donna Brazil was filling in as an interim chair, um, just like completely crushed it. She did so much that people don't know, but just wait, I'm sure she will release a book. Um, okay. and seriously, and then now you have Tom Perez, um, who's heading up the DNC, uh, my friend Michael Blake, who's a vice chair at the DNC, two people of color at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and before Donna Brazil, we hadn't had that since Ron Brown. You know, Shit. like, I mean, it's, 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 been, it's been a Yikes. while, okay. right? And, and um, of course, Donna Brazil had been vice chair, but not at the top. So my thing to you would be, we first need to ensure that the party writ large is okay. Who are the state party chairs? How are they serving the communities that they're supposed to be, you know, this big tent, this idea of a big tent? How is the tent enlarging under the state party's chair's leadership? Um, Nancy Pelosi is, um, in politics, we have a messaging strategy called the boogeyman strategy, right? It's the boogeyman approach. Nancy Pelosi is the boogeyman. And the reason why they went back to that approach um, most recently in this special election in Georgia is because it worked when Michael Still was chairman of the RNC. They had the fire Pelosi pins. It worked very well. Part of what you should interpret from that is that more than anything else in this country where people really bond is the fear, fear. of women in leadership. Uh. It's not about, I'm, I'm just being honest with you, it's not about um, Nancy Pelosi and the job she's doing. We could ask all these people why we should get rid of Nancy Pelosi and they wouldn't be able to give you a reason because she'd been there a long time. Okay, so was Harry Reid until he just retired. So was everybody else in Democratic leadership. Okay. Like, so what is the real issue? And I think the real issue is she's this liberal, this uber liberal from California, and she's a woman. 
And that is partially, for Hillary Clinton, the woman issue was her big problem. People couldn't understand why evangel- evangelicals during the campaign were flocking to- towards coochie grabbing Donald Trump. And the reason for that is, more than anything else in the church, you're taught that a woman cannot be the head of a household. She definitely ain't about to be your pastor. And so she is not going to be, be your, your commander in chief. Yeah. <laughs> so Nancy Pelosi at the top of the house scares people. And to some of them, it is like... It's out of order. You know, like a woman is not supposed to have that role. We're so ass backwards in this country. Mm. But anyway, I'm just telling you, I don't I wouldn't mind if Nancy Pelosi decided to retire. I just am not for it on those things. Like what is the real reason why they're pushing for her retirement when they literally don't know the role of a Democratic leader? Why aren't you talking about the DNC and figuring out how to help us identify who we really are? Why are we not talking about, you know, the, the fact that the white working class issues are the same as black and brown and Asian folks working class issues. Like, those are the issues we should be focused on, not, not damn Nancy Pelosi. So when you speak of they mm-hmm. and wanting Nancy Pelosi out of there, mm-hmm. are you speaking of fellow Democrats? There are some. I think there are, there are a few who, for example, you know, Tim Ryan ran against her in the leadership elections this time. Of course, Tim Ryan goes on air on, I think it was Don Lemon show last week, was like, yeah, we need change. Of course, you said it's self-serving. You, you want just to be ran. the change. Yeah, <laughs> you want it to be the change. And how much is how much change would that be to go back to a white man in leadership? <laughs> right, like, you know, I mean, she the last. So it's, it, I don't know. To me, it's like, it's time for us to shake up how we perceive leadership. I would love to see more people of color in those roles. Um, but that's not it, you know. And I don't think that Nancy Pelosi always gets it right. But I don't think the answer is to put another white man in charge. Wow. And you said it. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money... What I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. What I want to know is with entertainers, mm-hmm. usually seen as the go-to. I mean, we now live in a time in which, you know, little Yachty might have more... Um, 
Excuse wow, me. Wow, the collective. Oh, Bill the just collective, ticked. Yeah. The collective oh. eyebrow. Uh, shots fired. About to do a Joe Button walk off yeah. on this bitch. Oh, 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 Joe. Oh, Joe. Oh, Joe. If I the collective eyebrow wow. look at me was like oof, that yeah. level. But I mean, this is where we are as where our kids are, or where we are, where you know entertainers mm-hmm. have more collateral Slate, yeah. and, and say, and you know, than someone with or perceived as someone with sense. So that said, uh, how can we? How do we utilize mm-hmm. those who are listened to? Is is there going to have to be a reach across the aisle? And how do we shut up Lil Wayne just in case? Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't even think he's a factor anymore. I mean, oh. every once and again, I mean, it happens. Yeah, but his yeah. time what? was 10 years ago. Like, now it's... It's... it's he old Wayne. Drum. Migos. It's yeah, drum. It's Migos. Yeah, straight up, yeah. Yes, Migos could say... <laughs> Get your bad bougie ass to vote. It's hey. up to you, but Quavo. will they? <laughs> <laughs> they might. They might. They might. Well, uh, look now. Uh, Jay Z's new direction uh, with 444 um, is leaning politically heavier than he's ever, ever, ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, how effective will that be, as far as getting people? Because you know, again, it's who who do they call on to get people to the polls? They Hillary called on Gaga, called on Katy Perry, called on Jay Z. But that didn't that didn't work. Well, maybe yeah, it, it didn't work. work. Actually, didn't work no, no, no. To be fair, it did work. She but did again, win the pop- popular vote. Yeah, right. the, like, yeah but again, again, like the the numbers of the 2016 election yeah. are still up in the air because in the perfect world, did she win? You know, like we don't know popular vote. Right. So. Thus, how effective is that? Well, I want to push back on that idea a little bit. I think that there was a time, um, you know, in particular uh, in 2008 where entertainers had all the gravitas to to push every GOTV, get out the vote initiative, and people did rely on them. And then Twitter happened. And then Instagram happened and then Snapchat happened. And what has happened is um, platforms like these have democratized voices so that you don't necessarily have to be Jay-Z or Beyonce or Gaga to mobilize audiences. You can mobilize your own. And while it may not be on the same level, there are still folks that have millions of followers for drawing on a mean eyebrow. You know, on YouTube. And so I think that Straight we, ha- I'm being honest. So, um, <laughs> I'm kind of laughing and at literally that right a mean eyebrow, too. <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Uh. But the point is, I don't know that that really works as much anymore. And I think that we have to be far more creative at engagement. And what that probably really means is that by the time you're standing up a campaign and you are developing your public engagement and your social impact initiatives, it's too late. There's something, and this takes me back full circle to the point I was raising about party chairs on the ground. 
you have to have almost a system like we talk so much about community policing, where it's just real relationships with folks. Mm-hmm. You just have to have real relationships with folks and people feel like you represent their interests and not feeling like, oh, you went to my church and waved the fan or shook the tambourine or even, you know, rock <laughs> on beat with the tenor section <laughs> like you did more than that. And it wasn't just two weeks before an election. Like people know now. You know what I'm saying? The so I, I think that influencers have a role, but they aren't anywhere near as influential as they were in 08 because of these other platforms. Well, could that grassroots, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I, for one, I believe that like my personal life goal, at least where I am now Mm -hmm. in my career or my monetary level, I mean, my personal life goal where I am right now, if it were all to end is, I mean, can I effectively affect the lives of 50 people personally hmm. push them in a direction which people don't you know a lot of people have this this whole the, the michael jackson you know heal the world save the world you know and you're thinking of millions of people whereas you know you see that barack's campaign start off on a grassroots level which you know people scoffed at like well what good is grassroots doing but hmm. how how does the grassroots level how effective will that be? And will we get there in time for the midterms or 2020? Because I do feel as though the grassroots level has to to start. Sure. Starts with the community. Starts with the block. Absolutely. Is alderman still a thing? Like it, Yeah, in some sense. Ask Rhymefest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's an alderman. Yeah. Rhymefest? Nah, he, he, he ran, ran for alderman. Oh, he didn't okay. win, but he oh, ran. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, he ran. He ran for he alderman. He lost. He lost for alderman. He was running against... He would be a great person to have on the show, but he he was running against like the incumbent. He was like this cop guy that like in Chicago. In Chicago, and he yeah. lost. Yeah, he lost. Oh, Who was Alderman on Good Times? Alderman, Alderman, uh, Alderman <laughs> James. Alderman James, I think it was Alderman James. Yeah. We can't even get. Can no. stand the Alderman. Without you two Fuck. nerd now. Come on, man. That's hilarious. I think it was Alderman. What James. is it? Okay, what is the <laughs> Alderman's job? Is that like slightly above block captain or? <laughs> right. Oh my god. <laughs> Look it up on Wikipedia, America. A Rye out. What happened? No, I, 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 out. Already, I, I personally don't way, know what my out. alderman is. You no. don't have one, probably. Maybe you don't have. That made no sense whatsoever. But I think here, here, I think is the point. Um, we can't afford not to engage in grassroots level advocacy. And um, the point that you're raising, I think, is one that's really important. We don't know the true impact of what Barack Obama did to mobilize people in 2007 and 2008 via online platforms where you could go and set up a house meeting on his website. Hillary Clinton didn't do any of that, you know. And Why? I th- um, I think that it was just it was just different. It's not that she didn't do any of that. She didn't do it as in depth. She didn't personally yeah. go into it in as many communities. Um, yeah, she ran kind of a tone deaf campaign, in my opinion. I mean, I thought she, you know, I mean, thought I, she was going to win. It kind of felt like, right? I think it was some of that, some of like entitlement, but it was just. Yeah, when you whipping and nay naying on the show, I was like, this is not going to end well. She, she went nay She did the nay Bill Clinton yeah, was playing the saxophone on Arsenio Hall. So. But I mean, but he actually was playing it good. 
Not like her name. Yeah, it wasn't crisp. Nene. It wasn't the crisp Nene. I would rather <laughs> it looked patronizing. It looked patronizing. Be and whipping in Nene and then carrying hot sauce in her bag <laughs> than to have. Well, our, she's from down south. Well, I mean, she really and she really does carry hot sauce in her bag. But I will say this: I would rather have her any day. And, oh, yeah. and what Absolutely. you all deem as tone deaf than what we have right now. She looks like Mary, the mother of Jesus right now <laughs> compared to that. So yeah. anyway, the, the only point that I'm raising to you is we can't afford to not to find out what happens if we don't. Right. Like to your point about the midterms, 2018 is right around the corner. It is creeping. I mean, we are halfway through this year. Do you have hopes you know? of something happening in 2018? Um, no. what could, what's Honestly, the most that we right could now. hope for? Could we get some chairs? Could we? Um, Turn it over. Or is it just more of the same? Potentially get uh, the house with miracles. Um, the challenge that we have is there's something called a redistricting process that mm. happens, and in the last redistricting process, um, in in most states they drew this, these congressional districts very conservatively, and what they did far better than us is they were strategically targeting state legislatures to run. Um, run for st- for seats and win. And so we hold very few state legislatures. We hold very few governorships. Those are the entities that construct um, those state lines in in the redistricting process. Can I ask? Can I ask a question? Since you're kind of leading into this, and it's sort of a parallel to, I guess, mainly talking about federal politics here tonight, right? And I think we've all known and been taught for a long time that as an individual has the most effect in local politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, and it seems like in order of the things that we're obsessed with in politics, it's everybody's obsessed with federal politics where they have the least amount of say mm-hmm. and some, some interest in state politics of who's the governor and who's the, and the, yeah. And then local politics, nobody gives a shit mm-hmm. at all. Like you don't know who's running for, you know, What's an so, alderman? <laughs> right. Like, why, you know, we know for a fact we should be much, you know, it should be, like you said, ass backwards. This mm-hmm. seems ass backwards to me, like mm-hmm. where people's obsessions in politics lie. So, and I think that part of this is, um, you know, not only is it our responsibility, but it, I would say it's the responsibility of the media. How often do you turn on the local news and hear about what's going on? in a city council mem- uh, meeting or, you know, in a city council hearing if it's not a big vote coming up. Like yeah. a huge... It's not a glamour never position. never hear about it. Or a fight or a shooting at the council. You, <laughs> or, or that. Yeah. St. Louis, this happens. <laughs> yeah, just like Compton, DJ Quick said it. So I yes. think that the point is um, you just never know um, anything that's going on on the local level, you know, unless you get to the B section in your newspaper and who reads newspapers anymore. You can go to Twitter and find your headlines and click on that article. So I think the responsibility is in part um, on the media. But as a result, again, going back to the idea of being uh, taxpayers, we have to figure out how to go and get that information. And it's frustrating and really hard to encourage people to do that in a day and age where everything comes to you. Like you you don't have to go get your news. You get an alert on your phone. So how do you tell people in a, in an, in a space where attention, attention spans are short and everything comes to them to go out and get it? It's hard. And I don't really know the answer to this. I also just said this um, at uh, the panel I was on for BT Genius Talks. I am truly, uh, I think, a, a great example of a hypocrite in this space. I very rarely know anything about what's happening on the local level politically. And it's horrible. If it wasn't for my dad giving me his filibuster rundown on the phone at night, even at home in Seattle, I just wouldn't know. 
um, because I'm not as interested in it. And I know it impacts my everyday life a lot more. We talk about there's just another um, shooting death in Seattle by the police department, Charlene Lyles. You know, that is something that I care about. Um, And to my credit, um, I (laughs) I tweeted about one of my good friends who's a city council member. um, So she's probably ready to choke me if she hears this. um, Lorena Gonzalez in Seattle was holding a, a town hall meeting about what happened in that shooting death. And very rarely do you see things like that happening, where a city council member is like, I know we're culpable, we have a problem, let's come and talk about it. That's a big thing because we don't ever feel heard, and that's why you see some of those protest actions happening because people are like, we pay y'all and you're still killing us. So full circle, I, I, I do need to do a lot more myself, but I talk about what I know because that's where I worked and that's what I'm most interested in, but that's not right. I meant in general, it seems like everybody's much more interested. No, in no, no. I agree. With you. I was just using yeah. my own hypocr- hypocrisy as an example. My so, question, uh, my question ahead. for you is like, how? What are reputable news sources for you? Because we were joking earlier about a movie and stuff, but real rap. I mean, yeah. that's kind of it's just in the age we live in of social media where information flies fast yeah. and disinformation and misinformation flies even faster. Yeah. After a while, I mean, you, I open my Twitter feed and I'm just like, bullshit, bullshit, my line, bullshit. You know what I mean? It's just like. Who are you following? Well, Let's I mean, just start I, I mean, I follow. Some of those. I mean, I follow CNN. I follow all the big. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I try to get quote unquote both sides, but after a while, it just is a lot of just words, words, words. You don't need both sides because like, at this right. point, it's a it's a human decency issue, right? Like this, this is not a, a a partisan issue where you're just seeing it from another lens. It literally is about. You know morality at this point on the who, other side of the who aisle. Your five yeah, so go, who are your five? Who are your five go to periodicals or whatever? I would say um, New York Times, CNN, LA Times, um, Seattle Times because I, I'm from there. You're local. Um, yeah, um, I like the Root. Um, okay. What else? Politico um, for Hill News. They got to get their app together. <laughs> oh, the Roots. Okay. <laughs> anyway, all right, that's so, fair too. But um, as soon as we get to favorite groups and the best live show, we'll talk about the Roots. <laughs> but um, yeah, the Root, and then um, I also I said the political, political, the Hill. Um, what else? Washington yeah. Post. Washington Post is also a good one. Um, but yeah, I, I normally those are my those okay. are my go tos. Yo, you mentioned, I mean, just you mentioned your phone getting hacked, but have you, you, you're very, we all know you're very vocal. I know you hold back, but it doesn't seem like it on, on TV. Have you run into situations where you've been threatened in that way, in some way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was one, I only had, thank God, I've only had one death threat situation that had to be reported. And several people, even on my feed, also reported it, not just to Twitter, but like to the feds. Like, hey, this is, seems like a legitimate issue. Um and actually, it happened while I was getting off the plane in St. Louis. We talked about St. Louis earlier. Um, so, yeah, I think that there are definitely some legitimate issues. And I think regardless of how outspoken I've been, I've not been threatened to, at, any de- at any degree or at any level the same of some of my friends who are really doing the on-the-ground activist work. So, activist work. What is, what is your view or your take on where activism stands now? Do we need a figurehead? Do we need a Malcolm? Do we need a Martin? Do we need a... Do we have one and we just don't know? No, I I think that is different. Um, I don't know if people are vying for a position, but, you know... My name is Sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But as far as not non... 
Washington politics. I mean, you know, the the, the ongoing problem of, of shooting unarmed yeah. people is still, you know, we're as far as where we are today, what is your view on activism? Um, and yeah. its participants, mainly those that are, you know, saying that they've started this movement or that sort of thing and I, I really don't care about the who started what um, discussion. Um, I am grateful for for the work of the women who um, founded the hashtag, the Black Lives Matter hashtag, um, Alicia and Opal and Patrice, um, as I'm equally grateful to, you know, the many contributions to that movement of DeRay and Brittany and Sam and Janetta. Um I am also even more grateful um, to the fact that, or of the fact that it's been young people. We wouldn't have been talking about criminal justice reform and mass incarceration in the 2016 campaign if it wasn't for the work of young activists. Um, When I think about the many ways in which we're often challenged, and by this I mean uh, black organizations, um, our traditional civil rights organizations to provide data um, and, and metrics for why we deserve grant money. Um, and then I think about what um, DeRay and Brittany and Sam have done with Campaign Zero, showing you the data on the number of um, black and brown people who've been killed um, at the hands of police um, or have been brutalized at the hands of police. All of that work matters. And I think the sooner um, that people can stop worrying about, you know, whether or not there needs to be a head or is there a head and who's our new Martin or who's our new Malcolm and just focuses on the fact that the work is getting done and we need all of these people and everyone has a role to play and it's not a competition. And the moment that we get sidetracked on the competition, that's the moment where another black or brown person dies. You know, we just can't afford to have those types of silos. I think about, you know, the work um, of the Women's March that um, Janae Ingram and Tamika Mallory and Linda Sarsour and and, um, Carmen Perez all were a part of. Um, And and the backlash they got from black and brown women who said, why are you working with white feminists? Because traditionally they step on us and on our issues. Well, at what point do we say... I'm going to deal with that in a little bit, but let's stand together on this one thing. I'm sitting here so that you have a voice at this table. Let's just get through this part. I think that we just have too much on the line to not figure out ways to work together. That might be a slippery slope, though, because what do we say if, uh, let's say, the CEO of Pepsi Mm -hmm. visits Trump's White House. I think it's different. I think it's, and the reason why I think it's different is because Donald Trump invites people to the White House for photo opportunities, not to create real change. And I think the moment you go and you sit at a table and you see that there's no intention on your voice being heard, you played yourself. That's totally different. Um, And I can tell you. So that selfie or that photo he took with the. the HBCU presidents where there's 9,000 oh, yeah, of them right, in the room yeah. and Kellyanne Conway's <laughs> on, on her knees on the, on the couch. couch. That one, that's the one you're talking about? <laughs> it looked like yeah. a Pornhub screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a little Houston 500. Yeah, it looked- <laughs> yeah they played themselves. Brassers. They played themselves. Brassers. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looked like. I'm sorry. I heard. Are those porn references? I've... No, 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 they're not porn references. Not at all. No, absolutely no. not nah. whatsoever. Nope. Like, <laughs> um. Yeah, so to you, 
I mean, in, in their eyes, did they figure that, oh, we two are trying to get a seat at the table? and Well, and they got played because what happened was they were told that they were going to have a, a sit-down meeting with Donald Trump and instead were ushered into the Oval Office where it is far too small for that many president, college presidents to go in there for a photo opportunity. They were never talked to by the president. Instead, he sent his little celebrity apprentice into... Mm. Uh, to talk to them, it's Omarosa. How do you feel no, about her? I don't. I have no. Oh love. my god! I, no did that did that clip no ever come out? For hoes. No love, especially after I don't know if you all saw, but yes, she sent yes. a letter to the Congressional Black Caucus. Let me the just honorable break. Omarosa. No, no, no. That, 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 ain't, that, that ain't even the worst part because we know she's not honorable. <laughs> Number one, who signs when you're the honorable? You don't have to sign your letter, the honorable. Like people know to sign, sign your, send you a letter that says that. So also, you know, not just in law school, but I think even in high school, you learn where an address block goes on a letter. <laughs> where was Cedric that? Richmond's address block was at the bottom of the letter. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Good night. Well, she and could be from the Caribbean. I've gotten some letters. From <laughs> Come on, son. From Somebody <laughs> from DC. She's from Washington DC. Sorry, Somebody said to check that. And then, and then the bottom line is, after she was denied, she went on Twitter and said, "One monkey doesn't st- don't stop no show." So are you saying, wait, so the story is Omarosa got denied into the Black Caucus week list? Oh, no, that was never going to happen. She invited them on behalf of Donald Trump to come back to the White House for a meeting. The first time they went, they didn't take the whole CBC because it didn't merit the entire CBC's time. Uh, Congressman Richmond, who's the chair of the caucus, went in with just the executive committee, which is standard. We did it for under Barack Obama's administration. And they took in a white paper that said, here are... Here's 130 pages of issues that you could be working on that would help to advance the black community. So when you ask us what in the hell do we have to lose, exhibit A, sucker. And that's what they did. And so she invited them back because that wasn't enough attention for her and said, why don't all of you come back so they could try to get this photo op? And you played yourself because we know who you are and what you stand for. Good night. Honorable. What is her... Not so honorable. Not at all. She's a consultant. Without... I feel like she might sit outside at a desk at the White House. What was told to her? So who would she be in House of Cards? Which character (laughs) would she be? She (laughs) would be not on camera. She'd be walking past, right? Not even Remy, right? She She would be like the the person, the staffer who oversees the interns. I'm not sure. <laughs> not Freddie. Oh, no, Freddie. Wait, Freddie. Oh, oh, the lawn keeper. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. But then Freddie came. He owned a restaurant no, first. Yeah, but then the really was in that white house. Freddie made it to the white house. Freddie made it to the white house. And Freddie said, fuck you. Listen, listen. I understand. I wouldn't even give her Freddie because Freddie got more honor than she'll ever have. He does. Yeah, he does. But I just want to tell y'all this in case you missed it to all the listeners. The reason why I treat her so bad is because not only is she the devil, but she also. Before she was all on Donald Trump's bandwagon, she was doing Hillary Clinton. There's photo evidence. Look it up online. Hillary Clinton fundraisers. There was a super PAC that was established before Hillary Clinton announced called Ready for Hillary. Omarosa was ready for Hillary. She worked in the Clinton White House. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Hans. Turn, turn so coat. We don't do. Yeah, mm. we don't do that. Wow. We don't do that. Mm. Wait, I forgot my question the honorable <laughs> it's funny because i've seen a couple of black people in that in that white house in that uh over office they they're always the one that pushing the reporters out like a, a couple it's weird uh it is weird yeah angela mitchell Andrea she mitchell. tried to compare herself to valerie jarrett 
Ooh. Girl, if you ever listen to this, you won't ever be Valerie Ooh, Jarrett. Ooh, that ain't right. That ain't right. That ain't right. That ain't right. Uh, Valerie she says Jarrett, she's, I'm, I'm Valerie Jarrett to Donald Trump. What? What? Yes. What? Exactly. Spell Valerie Jarrett. On uh, anyway. Uh, Why'd y'all, how'd y'all get me down that track? <laughs> Amir. Because this is Yeah, we go down right the red I cannot stand her. Um, did that <laughs> clip ever come out? Which clip? The clip. What clip? Or the one you sent you me. You sound like you're saying something crazy. What oh, clip? No, I know no, it's no. that. I mean, uh, oh, uh, from the, from the Nan thing? Yeah. So I you're don't going know. At I, think, her. I think they put it on a couple sites. National Action Network, um... They had a women's luncheon, an empowerment women's luncheon, and she spoke. I don't know who, Rev, I love you so much, but I don't know who thought that was going to be a good idea to have Omarosa speak um, at the beginning of this lunch. And she got up there and tried to lie to my cousin, so I had to correct the uh-uh. record. I didn't <laughs> even do YouTube. my acceptance speech. I just had to come for her, and so that's what happened. Yes, she Trump's did. apprentice. is. I didn't even call her by name, just Trump's apprentice. Did she just walk out after? No, so she actually walked out. Rev kind of got her, and then she walked out after that. So I was like, well, somebody show her the video. Because I'm about to show her the video. Oh, so y'all never been in each other's life. Yeah. Okay. She, they were trying to put her in pictures with me that day. I was like, I'm not taking pictures with her. That flies against everything I stand for. You must have a list of people that, like, not only pictures, I will not engage in conversation. It's not that long, though. There okay. are people on CNN who are Trump supporters who I actually like, mm. you know. But I just don't like when people are, you know, just blatant liars. Just, you know, you switch and you contort and you just do whatever's convenient when you're clearly an opportunistic person. I just don't, I can't rock with you. How many times have you been offered your own show on one of these networks? I'm sorry. Yeah, that's my next question. <laughs> it was. Why do you not have your own show? Who like said I won't have my own show? Oh. I have a oh. I have a, I- <laughs> My exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, have I was going to say. podcast coming out. When, okay, well, yes. Oh, I got to ask you. When Melissa Harris Perry mm. left her, p- she didn't leave. Yeah, <laughs> she didn't leave. When she got she, pushed, she was out. escorted. Yeah, when she oh, come on. when her yeah, post was yeah, vacated yeah, right. by my employer. Oh, okay, <laughs> right, okay, right, okay, right, gotcha, gotcha. Right, 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 right. Did you get a phone call? Like, would you like no, your own show? No. Are people I, calling you? Um. So yes, people are calling me. <laughs> um. I will say that there was not um a better person that could have taken that morning sp- slot than Joy Reid. I think Joy. Has I love been Joy Reid. Phenom- yes. I was devastated. Um, when her uh, Daily Show was canceled, and I think that she has like she kills it. She's better. Than so many people on so many networks. They put us on the weekends. Um, yeah, and, and and but I think that she could easily, like we see her all the time filling in for some of the other daily shows. She's phenomenal. Um, but yes, I think that I, um, you know, talk about things in a certain way, and I will definitely um, be doing something. But um, yes, people are calling. You need to be on cable, though. She your, need to be able to cook. Your ambiguity right yes. now tells me something, that something's, yeah, something's coming. Move over, around Bill the corner. Mar- no. No, I just. <laughs> no, no, he, no, he, he went too far you. now. 40%. But weren't you proud of Simone? I, I have a theory, can, we, can, we have, can I ask that question about Simone real quick? Wait, that was a dope Simone. moment. That was a, can I just say, that moment, we're all talking about the N word follow up or whatever. Of yeah. course, everybody's talking about Ice Cube. Everybody talked about Dr. Dyson. But Simone Sanders. Yes, she had, a, she had a great moment. And the thing that people don't understand is Simone was booked to go on the show before that N word mm-hmm. moment happened. Um, she did phenomenally well. So I was definitely cheering her on, and I was so glad that she was there to kind of speak out, not just for black people and educating on the N-word, but also black 
black women. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, it's it's quite it's a your right. show too. <laughs> <laughs> it is your show, Maya. <laughs> All right, y'all, you know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift. And danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. I think, you, what, you about to ask something on pay Yeah. Go ahead, you, you were saying that you're friends with some Trump supporters. When I meet someone and learn that they're a Trump supporter, I have a really hard time talking to them. <laughs> I understand. Like, I can't. I understand because I don't too. understand how how they could vote for someone that's that dumb. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about that. I don't think anybody at this table is a Trump supporter, so I hope not because I'll be weird at this particular that would be moment. Weird. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Actually, Bill, uh, no, I'm playing. <laughs> so I can't I can't talk to to them about politics. Right. Um, what I have worked really hard on doing is understanding who they are as human beings, like why and the what. Um, and sometimes it is. You can't separate that. I mean, can you separate that? No, sometimes it's really hard. Um, but I think one good example is um, on CNN, um, Jeffrey Lord, who I'm often, like, if we're on together, like, screaming, like, are you serious? Did you really just say? Or whatever. Um, every night when Jeffrey leaves CNN, he um, is driving home back to Pennsylvania to take care of his mother who has dementia. And to me, that's something that's very personal because my grandmother passed away with Alzheimer's a couple years ago. And I know how hard that work is. I know how hard it was for my dad and his sisters um, and his brothers. It was really, really tough. And then making the decision to put my grandmother in a home where I was like, she has a mouth like mine. They're going to kill her. Um, And fortunately, they didn't. They ended up actually really, really loving her. But I just know that. And so... um, it just it there is there I know that about him and that means that um, somewhere beyond the Trump propaganda right there is a heart of someone who's truly compassionate and really loves his family and so there are things like that that I have to kind of latch on to and and just be hopeful about but the KKK they love their family too. 
Yeah, I ain't checking for the KKK though. <laughs> they love their friends. I don't think you, he's the KKK. Okay. You talked about your dad and how he was an activist. Was your mother politically active as well? Is my still dad is. still has a bullhorn in his trunk? We just did a um, in real life. We just did a, a 75th surprise birthday party for him oh, wow. um, at the beginning of June, and the props at the photo booth, like we had his old MLK signs and the bullhorn, was made a very prominent appearance. Um, <laughs> at the party so he's really serious about it my mom was is not the same type of activist as my dad she is a retired college administrator but she was on affirmative action commissions and studying how students of color learned and uh, very active in multicultural education on her campus so very much so um, one of my favorite pictures that my um my childhood dentist found and got it blown up for my parents for my dad's birthday actually was my parents marching side by side. Um, it's a great picture. It's my cover photo on Facebook right now. I was like, look at black love happening. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's what's up. And my dad had on a bad suede coat too. I was like, this dude was stayed styling in a march, but okay. <laughs> so in the idea of of being politically active. What would your message be to uh, people, especially in my field of entertainment? Um, what are effective ways for us to get involved? And in which, what what I say is that the the, the Harry Belafonte method, method mm-hmm. where he in the '60s routinely funded, uh, you know. Uh, marches and hotels and bail money that sort of thing i i see i i feel as though ever since the the dixie chicks uh bush uh natalie mines uh criticizing bush in 2003 for the war and how that affected their their money their uh income uh you you kind of seeing a a quiet apprehensive a political uh, view from a lot of entertainers. Like I, for one, thought, "Oh, well, that this war is really going to bring on, you know, uh, so what's going on?" Type, yeah, poli- music. A politically motivated, you know, like a, a more conscious it from did the opposite, yeah. and it rendered them indifferent, and really to where we are now, like yeah. just cold getting dumb. So, and you know, a lot of a lot of people would, you know. Feel as though they might have something to lose. I mean, not in the case of uh, um, ah, it's, football player. Copernic. Guy that didn't vote in the last election. Uh-uh, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Sorry, um, my man. So, just as an example <laughs> of that, though, like I think it's important for us to understand that where we are. Um, siloed or we are left standing as individuals, we're easier to target and to strike and to take out. If we stand as a collective unified group, NFL players that know the national anthem doesn't speak for us and shouldn't, NFL players that know that black lives matter and we should stand for something, um, you know, we sh- it shouldn't have just been Colin. Um, and that is why it was so easy for them to take him out. I think, um, you know, using your art um, to convey a certain message is important. But I think that there's something that we as a collective, the people, have to do to support that art. I think about Jay-Z, the song Spiritual. How well did that do? And think about what it was really about. So, 
the song <laughs> spiritual. I'm like, wait, he had a song called spiritual. If you guys just see Fonte and Boss Bills, listen to it. Listen to it. What record album is? It's just called and I'm the biggest home supporter ever. Time out. Like, wait a minute. You've done the unthinkable is to name a song that these two morons have never heard of. It was a title exclusive, wasn't it? I don't care. It's never happened in the fucking year we've been doing this. I'm looking for it right now. Oh, God. Hope I feel like pull up title. Hope released someone he was 12 and no one ever heard, but they've heard it. So, all I'm telling, all I'm saying to you is, or you can look at T.I. released this mini doc on BT, Us or Else. And of course, the corresponding album. How well did those things do? You know, when we say that we need our artists to be conscious and woke and to be pushing this material and, you know, touting these messages, how do we support them when they're doing that? I think that's just lip service. I think that's just, from, in my opinion, like when people talk about quote unquote conscious hip hop or when they say they want that from artists, I think it's very much. Like your grocery cart, it's like everybody say they want to eat vegetables, but that shit don't never make no, it. No, they just don't want it from cart. everybody. They want you know it from chance. But they also just don't you want it from everybody. You gotta take into consideration the record labels don't want to put in the extra that's work true. to actually that's figure true. out how yeah, to, to market that kind of material. But that's then fair. too, but for me, like I mean, and I'm just using him as an example. Like, do I really want to hear a conscious record, quote unquote, from Ti? I mean. He, I mean, but a lot you know of saying? his stuff is, has been infused I mean, it with, has, with... It has, it has. It's hard when he got a reality lyrics. show. But do you really want to hear another T.I. record I, I, about oh. all the other shit that he raps about on all his other records? He raps about that shit really well. I mean... <laughs> I mean no, I'm I mean, just saying, but so I'm just for saying, you, you, can, you can listen to, like, pick 20, you can... Yeah, I can get, yeah, Rubber right, Band Man, whatever. Right, right. You can, it's all the same shit. So if he wants to rhyme about something else, then he should be... And if he does, and that's the thing, I, I guess more, my point is, if he wants to do that, then absolutely let him do it. Yeah. But I think there's a problem, kind of what back. So you feel like saying. it's insincere if, yeah, like don't make niggas out to be more than what they are. Like when you know when um when they went to uh, but aren't niggas more than one thing? What? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, now I feel Ferguson, like we're getting like to it. Now we're getting <laughs> yeah, into the like conversation. Like Ferguson, like when Ferguson happened, when Mike Brown happened, and everybody was like, "Oh, Nelly need to come and speak." Nelly need to come, and I was just like. Okay, Tip and then drill. Nelly spoke, and it was just like, <laughs> and they, and then people started clowning. It was like, dude, that ain't his. Maybe that's not. But at least his he medium. tried because that is his community. That is, I mean, he's the most famous famous MC to come out. But of you, yeah, but you, I don't so, be with the people. Walk with the people. But not and be there. I don't think everyone has to be. I have a dream. Right. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, no. yeah but, they trying to put niggas on. It's but like, J Cole, dude. you don't stop what you doing. But I think the reality of it is we shouldn't we shouldn't necessarily try to control them if that's what they feel like they should be expressing. Absolutely. I also think that we should try to be supportive of it. If we're saying that nobody's hearing us and we're not, you know, the voices that are talking about it aren't loud enough. And then once those voices are talking about mm-hmm. it, we don't support it. That's a problem. If we don't like how they're expressing it, then we can offer, you know, criticism, but at least try to hear them out. And then the other piece I would say is, there are artists who are very conscious who would still say, you know, there's stuff about this whole stuff that I don't know enough about and I want to learn more before I step before out I make there. It. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's up to those of us who do know more to help educate the masses, period, regardless of if they have a platform or not. They usually got whack beats, though. Like, what just yeah. happened? Like you gotta make the, this, this is real life, Angel. This, this is, is what, true. This is what people think right now. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's like it's it gotta be a jet. Like I guess that's to me because we were having this conversation early. The role of you know entertainers, quote unquote, as activists. To me, that's just it gets really nebulous because it's just the sugar like, helps medicine go down. Dude, yeah, it's like, dude, just do what you do. You know what I'm saying? Like do do what you do at the best that what you do. Like I don't need artists 
to quote unquote inspire me by trying to inspire you me. You don't need. It ain't about I think you. Most people. That's, so, I don't okay. think that's true. I think, there's I think a, most people. I, I, I think, think bad and bougie will get more niggas to work than damn less. Niggas, but what about work. black people? I'm I mean, sorry, black I just, people. I just, you know, know. No, no. It's this weekend, Fonte yeah, hates yeah. inspirational music. You're saying that Migos doing a benefit concert that could raise money for. Cause blah 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 is more effective well, not, than well, them maybe, maybe. doing. But everybody doesn't have to do the same thing. Every artist doesn't have to do the same True. thing. Their contribution may not look like Harry Belafonte. Maybe there is somebody that can bring a, a stage show to Broadway and dis- disrupt culture just on on how we see ourselves. Thinking about Hamilton, mm-hmm. like there are so many ways that we can disrupt that don't have to be. You know, the, the same way. And, but, that's, yeah. and that's my point. But, that also, but also, Jay-Z is set, setting a little standard to that I think is kind of cool because he's been doing things lately. And I don't give him props usually. But I'm just saying. Bill's giving us a side eye You don't right like now. the bail thing? So, like, you didn't, what did you feel thing. about the bail? You didn't like the oh, bail? Oh, With him bailing no, out no. dads? No, a whole, I, I'm yeah. just like, Who is no, this? Jay-Z, Jay-Z. Not the first Jay-Z person Jay-Z was a part of the Dream Defenders doing that. Dream Defenders started doing that with... Um, mothers who were incarcerated on Mother's Day and helping them get out of jail. So he actually supported organizations doing that work. I think it's great. He also uh, helped to bail folks out during the Ferguson protest. Yeah. That helps. That helps. But I think it has to, a lot of it has to happen. Like, yeah, Migos absolutely. puts on a benefit concert. Like, during Vietnam, right? It was like Bob Dylan was writing this music and da da da. It was, it was more Jay's universal. Also, Jay's Jay's also everybody not, doing it from this side. Jay's People, also not all up in the press being like, yo, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. So yeah, he's not. Like, You're right. So, like, nobody really needs to know what any of these cats are doing. Just do the shit. And if I were to tell y'all, I'd I die. don't care. I don't care what you did. I do. No, just, no, just do not it. me. No, I'm just you're saying. I'm just saying, Alderman? I'm just saying. I don't care what you do. What you're going to do, just do it and just do something. And don't try to get the the love for it. Just do it. True, because you know it's the you right. You have thing prospered to do off it. this community. Give it back. Something. And but I agree. Give it back. But give it back in the way that best fits you. Like I, you too, Justin. My problem is just trying to make everybody, you know, a Malcolm or a Martin. What? And it's just like, dude, like that just ain't your calling, man. Like, give it the best. Do the best you and and be true in that. Like, don't try to make somebody that ain't a speaker or or whatever. Don't try to make them into something that they're not. That's all I'm saying. Where's Ja? Where? Yo, for real. Is it? Is yeah. It, it becomes a, a where's Ja woke off moment where everybody's trying to show how woke they are, and it's like, all right, all y'all niggas need to go back to sleep. <laughs> Oh Lord, well, Angela, this is Fonte. Fonte, Angela, this is. And now he from Carolina. It's British. So like, bro, he don't like on. slavery shows neither. And but he love black women. It's a weird, you know. We like. I don't like slavery we're, shows. We're no. also a hip hop oh, generation oh, in midlife. Look, we are in midlife crisis right now. Also, Un- let's admit that we're Who, in a what? as well. I feel like us as a as the first generation of hip hop, we're also under a midlife crisis because. You know, I mean, we're we don't recognize it no more. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we don't recognize it anymore. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the wow, XXL our, our freshman time... cover. That's yeah, it, that shit looked like Pokemon. He <laughs> <It> did. <laughs> I was like, who was these niggas? The freshman, uh, the freshman, freshman cover. Who, yeah. I was like, nah, bro. This... He has uh, just a shameless plug. It wasn't nothing like that Essence cover with all those ladies like Angela Raj. When that was a beautiful cover, like that Essence cover. It's an honor beautiful. to be a part of it. What's this sports entertainment lawyer story? Why didn't that happen? Oh. oh. Um. <laughs> so, um, the short version is I um. This extended dance version. I love, <laughs> to this day, I love the movie Jerry Maguire. Like, I absolutely love it. And so I was like, well, I want to be a sports entertainment lawyer. 
And I told my um, pastor, who's also my goddad, I was like, this is really what I want to do. So he's like, okay, cool. So we had like some Seahawks players that went to my church at the time. And so one of the players he introduced me to, after service, he's like, it's my goddaughter. She wanted to be a sports entertainment lawyer. We like standing on the altar after the benediction at church. Goddad beelines. And the dude was like, if you're going to represent me, what you going to do for me? And I was like, okay. And it ain't that type of party. I will find another job. Oh, oh. oh wow. Whoa. Wait, oh. wait, in church? At church. At, at, right after the benediction. Oh, that's where to go. That's where the wait. folks come out at. So on the heels of that question, and you tell me if this is going too far, Angela, but this is my own curiosity. Um, are you single? And if you are, how crazy is it to navigate in your world being who you are with the mouth that you have? And I'm assuming that you rather go black? I don't know. Um, so I've never dated a white guy. Okay. I'll say that. Um, okay. But I will also say that... Uh, Even <laughs> this is serious. Well, yeah, I don't know. So I, I will also say that... Um, I am single. Um, that is, this is not a plug for Tinder-like engagement, though, on social media. <laughs> I say that regularly. Like, I'm not on Twitter trying to find a, a dude. Please don't DM me. I have some crazy DMs, like okay. crazy DMs, crazy comments on um, Instagram in particular. Um, and while I appreciate the love, sometimes I just wish they would just hold it in their hearts. Um, I just want to <laughs> stay. I got, I got some things happening right now. I just want to stay focused. Um, but no, it's 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 fine. It is what it is. Is it? I was. It's not difficult date, dating in this. Um, being I don't. You. I don't think I have a problem being approached. I think that I'm selective. I'm a daddy's right. girl, truthfully, and so if they don't <laughs> align with. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Oh, uh, shit, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> if, they, if they don't, if they don't line up, align with my standards or like what I know a man should be, like I'm not checking for dude. Yo, would you? you would you date somebody in politics? At this point, um, I don't think so. Like, yeah. I can't be like a first lady type. I'm looking to piss off everybody. Like, you want to know why, Angela yeah. Rye? Because you are going to be president no. of the United States. <laughs> you heard it here first. President. The those second black not, female president, because we ain't getting her killed. So, those are not yeah, my um, those aren't my dreams and aspirations. But, but I yeah, appreciate we don't, you projecting. We don't, we don't control our. You know, fates. like the black folks at church. You think I wanted like, to be the next? He's a good speaker. He's gonna be a preacher. Like that's why nah. I feel like because I know politics. Like y'all think I'm gonna run for? Nah. I'm not running for office. That's not and what I'm doing. look. Back in 1993, when I was signing my record deal, do you think I was like, yo, I'm going to be the the black Doc Severson of the... No. We don't know... That's Kevin Eubanks. We don't know <laughs> what... That's right. There you go. But Fuck we can yeah. say no, but we can... But when they, dig up all this footage, when they dig up all this footage, they're going to be like, we can't vote for our yeah. ass. It's crazy. Like, that ain't happening. So I just don't want to run. I just hope that you will receive that in your spirit. I don't want to run. I'm not trying <laughs> well, to I've, run. I've already defied you. Save it in your soul. He's already, already making so. Run Angela really, Run t-shirts. Really and am I, I the first I person... Am I the first person to really tell you this no there are a lot of people that ask me to run all the time that's just not what i want to do i feel like there are other ways that i can I have a large at the table impact the president. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the pre- maybe you're the president maybe the president's sitting in your chair because it's not in this one that's way too much weed do you think uh, you think zuckerberg is making a go i don't know is yeah. that a thing i didn't hear that well he's yeah. just like doing a bunch of like president pre-president like he's like 
He put up a post the other day and was like, yeah, I'm in Iowa. Met some folks down here. And he, he, ate, he, <laughs> he had laughing, a shot. But we laughed at Donald Trump. Hey, Don't he laugh. was trying to get to so, 2 billion Facebook users. Goal achieved. Now let's see if he still does that. If so, then yeah. maybe I'll follow you there. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... I was just, 2 billion. Yeah. I likes. mean, 2020, Cory Booker? Maybe. Maybe also Kamala, which, like, yes! she's, she's shutting oh, it down. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Fucking Kamala. Yeah, I don't want her to get hurt either, though. No, we don't want anybody to get hurt. We want no one to get hurt. Um, and I appreciate you for coming on the, the show today and squeezing us. We've, we've been trying to make this happen for the longest. I know. Thank so you tell us uh, where we can hear your podcast. Uh, the podcast is called On One with a Rye, and it's on uh, Apple, on um, iTunes, on Spotify, on yeah. Tidal, <clears throat> and SoundCloud. Well, damn. So what did we learn today, uh, Fonte? Man, I learned that Angela Rye is probably, like, I'm not a very political person at all. Like, I'm not, like, a person that, like, checks the news all the time and get very involved in the creative process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, y'all know. If you've listened to the show, y'all know I don't follow that shit like that. But, you know what I'm saying? But I do have a respect for just really genuine people. And the thing that I just met with, think with you is that you have, you're very knowledgeable about your field and you know it, but at the same time, there's something with you that I think is very relatable and you're not so much like I won't say necessarily don't say on a pedestal, but you're you're, you're very relatable, which I think also lends credence to the presidential <laughs> quality, <laughs> which I know you don't want. But I'm saying that I think that quality about you is something in, that I don't see in a lot of your contemporaries. And it's a lot of people, even when we were talking in the group text, we were like, yo, Angela's doing the show. I was like, OK. Out of a lot of people in that lane of the the new black kind of political, she's the one to me that seems kind of the most center. Not necessarily center in terms of the issues where you stand, but just she's the one that seems more like, yeah, like she could she could fuck with us and like she is a person, you know what I mean? And so, um, nah, just sitting down here chopping up with you. Thank you for making the time, man, awesome. and like so for real, boss Bill. What what did you learn <laughs> today? Um, I learned a lot today. Uh, I, is it not, I shouldn't say learned a lot. I got reminded of a lot of stuff that I've probably forgotten, like the impeachment process and, and all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> just want to reiterate, thank you for coming to the show. We, we, uh, Lai and I have been trying to get you here for a while, so we're thank, thankful that you finally made it. So, so glad to be here. Unpaid Bill, what did you learn today, bro? I learned what an alderman is. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that in 1993, you signed your first record deal. It was the same year that I got bar mitzvah. That's important. Wow. wow and you're yeah, yeah, that was a good year. I turned into a man. Anyway, and uh, uh, and it, I wish that I was as knowledgeable about what I do as Ryan because <laughs> it's really impressive to listen to you speak. Like I'm not no no fucking around. Like I I can't I, talk. I love what I do and I, can't I, talk about and I think like I'm that. good at it. Some other people do and I I I yeah, it's really impressive. Thank That's all. So, so thanks. Why yeah. She speaks so well. In, <laughs> in clean less, and articulate. Remember the Joe Biden moment. Right, clean right. and articulate. In in less than 250 words, Laia, can okay. you tell right. what you learned today at a low tone. You know, I get excited when we yes, thank people you. People are like, okay. Um, I learned a couple of things. I learned she will not be running for president. Slow. 
I learned that she will not be running for president. Although I hope Do you that, believe her though? I do believe her because what I'm hoping for in the future is a black news network. Somebody's got to do it. I don't know. I just feel like Angela Rock could get it done. Um, also, I learned some great periodicals to look for for fact. I hope you guys took your notes. I also learned that a black man is running for governor in Florida, and everybody should support that. Yes. What's his yes. name again yes. so I can write it down, Angela? Andrew Gillum. Andrew Gillum. Andrew Gillum, Andrew Gillum. And Gillum learned, for Florida. I learned what I already knew, girl. You dope. Thank Sugar you. Sugar Steve. Um, I learned that, um, that you should have your own show. Um, yes, I agree. for real, for real. I've been watching you since Crossfire, I guess. No, I never went on Crossfire. <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't go. The, the... <laughs> he's Steve. He just yeah. did. you say that earlier? <laughs> no, I was. Crossfire training. She learned you, from Crossfire. It, 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 right, you will run you that back to... and then you'll get it. <laughs> Steve. No, you need that time. I know what I said. <laughs> She's doing the Angela right now. What had happened was, as I said, I debated my dad like Crossfire growing up watching it. When the new Crossfire came back, I wasn't on scene yet. I was still doing MSNBC. Right? Oh, okay. No, and then when they it brought it back. Oh, when they brought it back. Okay. Well, yeah. went in high school when the Crossfire Are you fact like, checking like, Angela Ryan right now? What, not, out of your mind? No, the, the, the old Crossfire. That was like the 80s, right? That was yes. like, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Do you see I thought CNN and Crossfire was like when they have the panel five people. I still thought that was an ongoing thing of Yeah, crossfire. they brought it back, but I wasn't on there yet. I was still doing MSNBC. Anyway, yes, Steve, we're listening. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Steve, <laughs> should, should I interrupt you now like I always do, Steve? Yeah, this would be a great time for you to cut me off. As <laughs> okay, okay, as usual, because I always cut Steve off. You should have your own show. Yeah. Yes, you should definitely And have I learned that show. she does not fuck with Omarosa. Yeah. No. And I appreciate... None of y'all better not either. I'm going to come for you and your Twitter feeds as well. <laughs> I pre- No, I appreciate mm. somebody... Again, you're oh. relatable. Like, you name names. You, like, fuck... The, you on, You like the Tupac of politics. Speaking, 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 speaking. First off, fuck your bitch that? in the clique. Speaking, speaking of the Twitter Don't feed, say Tupac in this What's your Twitter handle and your Instagram handle so people can follow um, you? Twitter handle is Angela underscore Rye. Because some white girl took my name before I was on. See Twitter. how they do? They just, always take it. No, she took it. No, it was it's her real name to be fair, but oh. she just got the handle before she got there first. I did. And then my Instagram <laughs> handle is Angela Rye, all one word. Rye like the bread. Cool. <laughs> Shout out to the Jews. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, Thank you. I could have sworn that you two. Gonna, I could have sworn that you. I gotta right. say, your roll call. You guys missed a golden moment to oh, make a rye joke yeah. of all the shit. Of yes. all the Jewiness that you uh, yes. all, all the things that Jewiness. you guys have discussed. It still wasn't the worst roll call of the night, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be that. I accept it. Collusion. I liked Bill's uh, roll call. It was, it was funny. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, damn. Well, you guys covered. Uh, oh, I know. I learned today. Oh, yeah. What'd you learn today? That Angela Ryan is single as a motherfucker. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank me. Where's my thank you? Where's my thank you? Where's my thank you? You're going to have me getting trained. Nah, I'm trying to be first dude in the White House. Anyway, on behalf. Thank you, Laia. Sugar Steve and Lady Laia. Thank you. And Fontigolo and Boss Bill and the once and future Angela Rye. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on Quest Love Supreme only on Pandora.
Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.